0: Thank you for those of you who helped out this morning, and I want to thank you for those who have been praying for this church over the last many weeks, over the last many months. Uh, We had a trial in front of us, and the Lord led us through that trial. And we're gonna have more trials in front of us, and the Lord will lead us through those trials, Amen? amen? The Lord will lead us through those trials. I'd ask you to open your Bibles this morning to the New Testament book of James, and as you turn there, either in your Bibles or on your cell phones, if you have an app, I want to let you in on a—I want to let you in on a little secret, a little something about myself. I think it's—I feel it's kind of important, kind of important for you to know. Sometimes when I pray. Like, all my words get jumbled. And I know I'm like the only person on earth who this happens to, that that sometimes I'm praying and I have 12 different thoughts that are going through my head at the same time. And I'm wondering if God can decipher all of this stuff that is in my head at the same time that I'm trying to get out. I might actually be... I'll admit to you, I might actually be praying as I go to bed. And sometimes... I fall asleep. <laughs> and again, I'm sure I'm the only person that this has ever happened to, right? Sometimes I'll be talking to God and I have this, there's this idea in the back of my head that's like a little kid that's had a package of Skittles that keeps pulling on my pant leg saying, hey, are you talking to God? Can I talk to God? i to tell him I love him. I want to talk to God. It's like there's so many things that are trying to get out that it's like, <sighs> I sure do hope that you know what I'm trying to say because this is kind of difficult to get all of this in. And then like, as soon as my iPhone dings, like boom, I'm gone, right? It's so distracting. Sometimes my mind can wander into things that if you and I were having a conversation, you'd be like, wow, what meds are you on or off? right now because this conversation doesn't make any sense Has everyone anyone had prayers like this with God or is it just me it is just me I may be the only one with this annoying prayer problem but of all the things going through in my head and all the things going through in my heart and all the things going on in the world at any particular time, there's one thing I try so hard to pray for every single day. And you would think, well, maybe it's the kids or, or, or the family. But it's this one thing that I feel that I'm just so naturally empty of that, that my life is void of. Even though I ask all the time, I know that I feel I don't have enough. When I pray constantly... I continue to pray for wisdom. I know we. I asked this question last week. Raise your hand if you have enough wisdom. If you feel that, you know, God, I, I don't need any more. Like, please stop giving me wisdom. I'm good. I've got plenty. Like, oh, what am I going to do with all this extra wisdom? Like it's just something that I feel that I just continue to pray for. And last week when we had our Our final service over at Lagar and we were coming over here we were focusing in James chapter 1 and we're looking at trials and we're looking at at temptation and and testing of our lives and what we saw is that the Bible has given us direction on how to walk through these difficult times in our lives and this exhortation that James gives us found in chapter 1 in verse number 5 it reminds us that this is something important watch look what he says james 1 5 it says this if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask god who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him when i pray i'm constantly asking for wisdom because i know there's situations coming up that i don't feel on my own i am comfortable enough to get through that I know I need God, I know I need direction. And as much as I ask, and as liberally as he says that he gives wisdom, I still don't feel like I have enough. He says, if you any of you lacks wisdom, I always feel that I lack enough. I want more, I need more, because if I'm left to make decisions on my own, something's going to fail, because I'm making human decisions. So James tells us in our times of trials to understand that we will be blessed by walking through the temptation. We know that and, and we need to remember that we're not being tempted by God, but rather we might be being, being tested. But more importantly, if we don't have the wisdom, if we don't have enough that we need to come and ask for God for the wisdom to get through the situation that we're going through. Now let me ask, do we have to have a situation in front of us to be asking God for wisdom? Not necessarily, right? God, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I can almost guarantee you something tomorrow is going to happen that I'm not sure I know how to control on my own. Whatever that is, when your hand of providence, when you know what's going on in my tomorrow, can you provide me wisdom to get through that? That situation that I don't even know about right now? Last week in our sermon, I told you about the situation of our church and how we ended up here. That it was a Friday afternoon at about 1230, and I got a phone call saying that we can't have church anymore. And we couldn't have church on Sunday so what I was told at 1230 is in less than 40 hours, there's going to be people showing up at the coffee shop and we cannot have church there. It's not the coffee shop, they weren't the ones, but, but there's some legal issues. Any pastor or any leader in their right mind would be pulling their hair out. And, and I was worried at times. You know what my prayer goes to right away? It's that same thing that's a constant in my prayers, wisdom. Can I have some more wisdom? Because I don't know how to do this. I don't know how you're going to do this, but I need some wisdom. See, here's the thing. We know that God's got this, right? We know that, that, that Jesus is going to lead us through, but how does God work? God works through what? He works through his people, right? So that means his people, who are the agents of his work, have to be on his same page. If we say God's got this, but we don't offer ourselves to be the agent of that change, if we don't offer ourselves to be the ones that is actually going to walk through it, how does God change it without his, without his, his church? We need wisdom, right? After we were given permission for the whole church at the coffee shop, to 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 stay there for the next two weeks, between myself and the and the and the church leadership, you kind of sit back and you take a breath and you say, "We've got two weeks." but you think, okay, How do I respond to this? Do I have a right to be upset? Do I I have a right to be angry? Do we have a right to voice our opinions very strongly to government officials for our situations? Do we have a right to to cause major tantrums? Worldly we do, right? That's what worldly people do. That's what is done. But as Christians we're asking for wisdom from a different place right we're asking for a different type of wisdom as as we work to find a resolution to our situation this verse in James chapter 1 continued to come to the back of my mind that says we need to pray for wisdom one of our takeaway points from last week was this it said that God's heavenly remedy for our trials is to give us the wisdom to see our situation the way that he does. That, that's the goal of our wisdom that we're asking for from God. Is I don't see this right now the way that you see it, God. I'm asking for your wisdom so I can see this through your eyes. Because right now, I'm seeing this situation through earthly eyes. And I know it's tainted with man's sin. Can I please, can you give me wisdom so I can see this how you see it? It's a, change in, it's a change in our scenery. It's a change in the way that we look at things. We, 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 we are asking to see our trials differently than the world sees our trials. We're looking to see them through God's eyes. And see, when God sees our trials, He's not just looking at the here and now, right? God's also looking at the there and then. He knows what there and then looks like. We don't know what it looks like, and he's not going to give us all of those answers. But we can still look at things through his eyes. We can, we can see this education that comes with wisdom. James is trying to say that our trials should point us back to Jesus. We looked at that last week. And there lies the key. See, wisdom, it's not simply dispensed from heaven. This, this world can also bestow wisdom. When I ask you, is there only one place wisdom comes from? No. So I want you to look at it this way. And we're going to study this a little bit more in a minute. If God tells us to come to him for wisdom so that we can so that we can operate in this world according to his plan, do you not think that Satan will dispense wisdom as well? Because he has a goal in mind too, right? He will dispense that wisdom. Open your Bibles with me this morning. James chapter three, we're going to be reading through verses 13 through 18 in a message that I've titled, who do you ask for wisdom? If we're to ask God for wisdom and he is to give it to us when we ask, it would be fair to say that this wisdom that, that he gives It it comes to us from above. It's God's wisdom that he's given to us. And it's coming from a specific source. When we're asking God, he is the sole source of the wisdom that is coming to us when he is answering our prayers. But sometimes in our earthly Status we decide we're going to go somewhere else and find wisdom and where do we go? We might go to the wisdom of Google or the wisdom of YouTube or social media or maybe Fox News or CNN or USA Today or snapchat or anything that Justin Bieber tweets, right? (laughs) I That's where this world goes to for wisdom you say oh because the celebrity tweeted this and and is changing the social atmosphere that's wise i'm going to follow that but did that come from the lord see wisdom can come from more than one place in james chapter 3 the half brother of jesus has he he has just finished telling the reader about taming their tongue. And and we'll come back and look at this at another point. And, and, And now he goes into this very specific contrast between wisdom that comes from the world and wisdom that comes from heaven. And before he does that, he tells us, though, that there is a result of wisdom in the believer. See, if God's going to give you wisdom, he's going to give it not only because you ask, but because there is a result of that. Read with me in James chapter 3, we're in verse number 13. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Point number one on your notes this morning. If you're joining us for the first time in your bulletin on the left-hand side, you'll find some uh, fill-in-the-blanks. We're a note-taking church, so you can fill in those blanks if we go and keep your notes. Point number one, when God gives wisdom, there is an expected result. When God gives wisdom, there is an expected result. Thank you, Ono. Pretty. I know we didn't have it last week, but it's nice. It's really nice to have the, the points up here. The word wise in the Greek, it's this word for speculative knowledge and philosophy. The Hebrews actually would take it a step further when they looked at this. They have a deeper meaning of the word wise. It literally means skillfully applying knowledge to matters of practical living. Sounds like wisdom, right? Sounds like a good technical definition of wisdom. The word for understanding is used only right here in the New Testament. It means a specialist or a professional in life things. In, in somebody who could skillfully apply his experience To practical situations so we have this definition of wisdom and what wisdom means and James is saying who among you is truly skilled in the art of living? Now, mind you, James is writing to Christians. He's writing to believers, people who who have grown up in a Jewish faith, people who are followers of Christ now, people who who have converted, who know what it is to live in a Jewish atmosphere, but now to follow Christ. And yes, there's some persecution going on, and they are scattered around the entire area. They're not living in the tents outside of Jerusalem anymore. But it's a rhetorical question, who among you is skilled in the art of living? The answer here is really, okay, so none of us are to the level that you're speaking of. And then James talks about meekness. It's also rendered as gentleness. It's the the opposite of arrogance and self-promotion. It's what the Greeks would refer to as power under control. Some people who break horses for a living and and, and are really good working with animals, even larger animals. We see this in the circus as well, strong animals. There's a gentleness or meekness that comes with learning to break that animal to where you have power under control. If you think about it, how much does this world control its power? This world likes to take its power and flaunt it, right? But God asks for gentleness and meekness. Having power, but under control. God gives wisdom to those who ask for it, but there's an expectation that we're going to use this wisdom in a positive way. James says, let him show it by his good conduct. This, it, it eliminates the opportunity for selfishness it eliminates the opportunity for you to be asking for wisdom for the right lottery ticket right it's not we're not asking for wisdom at the card tables it's not for personal gain, it's, it's, it is, and an, God is giving you this, it's an investment in the kingdom. He says, I'm going to give it to you liberally. I'm going to give you as much wisdom as you ask for, but I've got a reason that I'm giving it to you. It's a return on investment, and that's what I'm after. In the business world, a business might say, I'm going to spend $1,000 in advertising on the radio, But what do they want out of that $1,000? They want to reach people that's going to bring in business and maybe get $2,000 back, right? It's what is the return on the investment. God gives us wisdom to use in our situations to bring a return of others to the kingdom of God. It is a return on his investment of free wisdom. He'll give it out, but it's not for us to hoard. He will give out the wisdom, but it is for us to use in those situations that we struggle. It's for us to use in the situations that we don't exactly know how to manage so that we could show Christ to others. And so that others can see Christ in us. And we can show and lead people to the kingdom of heaven through this wisdom that he will give out liberally. When we're asking for wisdom, step one is actually complete. If you're going to ask God for wisdom, that means you've got to be a believer, right? You're probably not going to ask somebody that you don't believe in. I rarely go to the Chinese food restaurant and rub the little belly of the statue and ask him for wisdom. I really don't. If you're going to ask god for wisdom step one you've got to be a believer step number two if you're going to ask james tells us ask but don't doubt so we're not doubting but step three we need to know when god gives us that wisdom he's expecting something from that he has a result that he wants out of that wisdom because he's giving us wisdom for a situation right what if he gave us The wisdom, and we just put it on the shelf to the side and we decided, you know what? I'm not going to use that heavenly wisdom. I'm just going to go about this my way and then I'll give the result of this situation to God, whatever it is. That's an earthly result then, right? He has a return that he is asking for for this investment of wisdom. And he gives it out to everyone, he says. If you need it, you ask for it and I will give it. When we look at the last words of Jesus to the eight men or or to his men before he ascended in the book of Acts, as Jesus was about ready to go back up into heaven, listen to what he says. This is Acts 1, verse number 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, Jesus had a spiritual gift. He says, you will receive power. I'm gonna give you power of the Holy Spirit, right? But he didn't say, okay, I'm gonna give you power of the Holy Spirit, and then why don't you just go home, kick your feet up, and uh, binge watch something on Netflix for a while. That's not what he said. He says, I'm going to give you the power, and then, watch this, here's the job. You'll be my witness telling people about me everywhere could probably just end it right there there was an expectation for the gift he had this expectation for the men that he was sending out he will give us wisdom if we ask and that wisdom it's not a blank check we're to return That gift with an investment in the kingdom. Now, that doesn't mean that God's going to give you wisdom and he's expecting you to bring a thousand people to Christ before he's going to give you more wisdom. But it could be he's expecting you to use that wisdom in that situation that you're about to go into. What are the wise decisions that God's leading you to make in this situation as opposed to what the world would be asking you to make? And are you showing Jesus With that wisdom that he's giving you? That's what he wants. We're not to hoard that gift. Discerning the wisdom that that we're receiving is so important because, as I mentioned, God isn't the only one who's going to give wisdom. Satan will give you wisdom if you ask. He will give you worldly wisdom. Read with me back in James, we're in chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. Point number two in your notes this morning. This world can give a dishonest form of wisdom. This world can, and probably, you put a little arrow right there and say, and will, give a dishonest form of wisdom. Look at the qualities of worldly wisdom in this scripture. Bitterness, envy, self-seeking, selfishness, boastfulness, lies, confusion. The New Living Translation says this, it says, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, watch this, unspiritual and demonic. This world, this word unspiritual and natural, they mean, they mean about the same thing. Something that's natural means it's earthly, means it's human, means it's unspiritual. Unspiritual isn't a wisdom gift from God, right? But this world will certainly give us unspiritual wisdom gifts, right? It will take what it calls wisdom it will wrap it up in a nice bow and it will say, hey, take this. You first. You deserve it. You take it because you earned it. And even if you didn't earn it, it should be yours because you want it. Take it. This is wisdom from the world. The world's Wisdom does not descend from heaven. And you say, well, then where does it come from in our world? It could come from anything on earth. The building of the Tower of Babel seemed like a good idea to the people at the time. Genesis 11.4 says this. I want you to listen to the pronouns. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Not heavenly, right? Worldly. Who can forget man's first recorded act of poor judgment in the Garden of Eden? This is Genesis chapter 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man... You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat for it, you will surely die. Then Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from any of the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, she, and also desirable for gaining, what, wisdom she took some and ate it she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it where does earthly wisdom come from where did the first bit of earthly wisdom come from Satan wrapped up a forbidden fruit and handed it to man And I promise you, if he does that with two people on the face of the earth, he will do that with seven billion people on the face of the earth. And those gifts, just like it fooled Eve, will fool us too. If we're not sure where our wisdom is coming from. You say, Pastor, where should our wisdom come from? This book. This book. Anything else that's not between this cover and this cover, I would question. I hear from people all the time, like, Pastor, where should, where should I start learning more about my Bible? I went to this YouTube, Ha 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 stop right there. <laughs> where should I start learning more about my Bible? In your Bible. Let's go there first. Right? God didn't create YouTube. That's a man-made product. God has given us a book that has answers in it that have been there for thousands of years. But watch this. I want to stop for just a quick moment and I'm going to come back to this. Chantel, would you mind? Would you mind coming up? I don't know what those sirens are for, but would you mind praying for whatever they're for? We just
1: want to come here right now. It's raining heavy on my heart. Whatever is going on, it's raining heavy on all of our hearts. There are a lot of things going on in this moment, and we don't know what they are. We don't know who's being affected or what is being moved or changed or hurt or anything. Father, we don't know what's going on. Lord, I just want to pray. I pray right now that you send down angels that will just cover your people, that will just cover the situation, that will help those, Holy Spirit, comfort those who need to be comfort, comforted, uh, shield those that need to be shielded with peace, where peace need needed to be given, with wisdom, where there is need to be, the firefighters, you know, the uh, first responders, um, anybody who was on hand, Father, I pray that your people hear your voice and they see your wisdom in this. And I pray, Lord, that there is healing that needs to be, the word of healing needs to and that there is there is comfort where there needs to be comfort and if there are any love lost soft I just pray in the name of Jesus that those that are surrounding them their families their friends and those that are people that are high, uh, passing by if they are in the name of Jesus that they will see this not as a moment to to be angry or to be frustrated or to fall out. and then to go towards you, Father God. I want all glory to go around you, Father God. I want all people who are affected by this, Father, to be your people, to be your children, to be your safe, to be your your family, Father God. You will find the lost in this. And that you will get the glory in this. And that you will, you will see righteousness in this, Father. I just pray that this is not going negatively against, negatively against,
0: Amen. Thank you, Shantel. So remember what I was saying, that even God, when God gives wisdom, he expects a response, right? I want you to know that even if Satan gives wisdom, he also expects a response. The giver of earthly wisdom wants a return on his investment also he wants to grow his kingdom as well he has plans he has plans to grow satan's kingdom on earth that's why he gives wisdom as well he'll give it freely and he'll give it liberally but he also expects a result It's up to us to make sure that we're seeking wisdom from God, and there is a difference. Come back to me with James, to James 3, we're in verse number 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Point number three in your notes this morning. The wisdom from our Lord is recognized in changed behavior. It's recognized in our changed behavior. There is a reason it was given to us. And look at the behaviors. Look at the attributes of God's wisdom purity, peace, gentleness, willing to yield. That's a lack of selfishness, right? Full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality. That's without favoritism. And without hypocrisy, that's a big difference from the earthly wisdom that we just looked at a minute ago. That's a huge difference. This is a wisdom that does not focus on us. Our wisdom and what we do with our wisdom and who we're asking for for wisdom, it is all based on our beliefs. Who you believe in is who you're going to go to for wisdom. Here's a major point this morning, write this down. Your beliefs dictate your behavior. Your beliefs dictate your behavior, and your beliefs are going to dictate where you're going to for wisdom if you believe in God Almighty and that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, if that's where our belief is, our behavior is going to show what our heart believes. If our heart believes that we can get wisdom by going to the magic answer box that's on our kitchen table or in our pocket, what it, where, we, we can go to the world, we can go to the internet for our wisdom answers, That's going to dictate our behaviors. Your belief dictates your behavior. Earthly wisdom, it's a result of being self-focused instead of being God-focused. If we, are, if we are focused on ourselves, then the world will be thankful for that. If we're focused on ourselves, then we're not going to stand out in this culture. If we're focused on ourselves, then, then we're going to be part of the status quo. Everyone's going to be like, okay, you're cool, come on in. If we're focused on ourselves, Satan rejoices. But if we are God-focused, this world very well might hate us. If we're God-focused, our lives, though, should be bringing peace to other people. If we are God-focused, we're willing to put others first. If we're God-focused, we don't play favorites. We care about pleasing God's, and all of our needs come second. James chapter 3, verse number 18 says, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Final point in your notes this morning. Wisdom from above is designed to be grown in others. There's the result. See, to sow fruit... You don't sow seed, just go outside and throw it and go back into the kitchen and never come back to the garden again. You sow seed on purpose. God sows wisdom on purpose. And when we are the recipients of that wisdom, We are designed now to be able to spread that wisdom to others, to be able to show others through that result, through our good fruits. When God gives us wisdom, we're simply the seed. God isn't done with seeds, amen? God's not done. When we go and make peace because of the wisdom that God has given us, that peace breeds peace. When others see Christ in you because of the way you're reacting to situations, that's showing Jesus, that's letting the kingdom expand, that's being a seed that is sown and that is being watered. Satan will do the same thing. There's So many rabbit trails that you can go down seeking His wisdom. The nice thing about following God and following Christ's path for us, the amazing thing about this is that we don't have to follow rabbits to find out where His wisdom's coming from. Because we have it right here. We have a path to His wisdom right here. If it's not in the book, if it's outside the book, if it's outside God's Word, it's questionable. If it's not in here, the question is, where is our wisdom coming from? Where is our direction coming from? Where are we going for answers and for direction? Are we going to Satan's magic answer box? Are we going to the creation that has answers to the entire world's problems and billions of them are wrong and some of them might stumble over something that's kind of truthful? Are we going to the place where every single page is absolute truth. Wisdom from above. Wisdom from above and a belief in this wisdom dictates our behaviors and it continues to breed as others see Christ in us as we use the wisdom that he has given us because we simply asked. Even when our prayers are a jumbled mess of thoughts and we don't know where to go, or even when we're trying to get out the, the words like a conversation with God that we want to pray for our family and we want to pray for Uncle Jim and we want to pray for our family At Christmas because we know our sister-in-law is coming and she's not very nice and it's not going to be fun and just pray for Pete. When we get a chance to pray for wisdom you know that's one of the only things in the Bible that God guarantees. He says you pray for it and you got it. You pray for it you ask me for it and it's there. Continual prayer for heavenly Wisdom. And our Lord will provide. I think it would be safe to say, just looking around our church this morning, that our Lord provides. Amen? Amen. Our Lord provides. Let's pray.